millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because we live in an actual world where Cody Rhodes just did an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he mentioned AEW a lot, and they did not bury them. Now, obviously, we've seen something quite similar when Chris Jericho popped up on the podcast. He had a lot of nice things to say about AEW, Tony Khan, but this being Cody's baby of sorts, he kind of knew that was the way things were going to go, but we got into so much other stuff too. Because this being a WWE-produced interview of sorts, we obviously went into an awful lot of the background history on Cody's time in WWE, the dash times, the legacy times, that stardust times. And there was also a deep dive into the more traditional part of pro wrestling, like because obviously this is Cody, he loves the old school things. We also got to learn about the IC title. There were loads of things, loads of goodness to sink our teeth into, so I'm not going to waste any more time just jabbering on the same weird words. I am Gareth from What Culture Wrestling, and these are the 10 things that we learned about Cody Rhodes on the Broken Skulls Sessions podcast. That is a mouthful. Number 10, not a lot of people are over. First of all, Cody Rhodes is not a big fan of the term over, but not because of what it represents, but more what it represents now in the modern day of wrestling. Because as Cody put it, a lot of people, including himself, are just trying to get over. Nobody's truly, properly mega over like his pops was back in the day. And as Rhodes put it himself, over is like a level of business in the 80s or the the late 90s, mid to late 90s. That level of incredible, skyrocketing, explosive business, that is over. Pretty much like the guy he was facing in this interview was like, if I get as popular as you, I'm over. Anything less than that, I ain't there. And Rhodes even went out of his way to use The Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania's X7 as one of those big moments where you see two absolute megastars pretty much alone sell out an entire arena and that is what he is aspiring to achieve. And my goodness, if anyone's going to do it, it might just be him. Number nine, the hidden competitiveness of legacy. One of the things that Cody Rhodes was very much keen to stress throughout this interview was just how helpful a lot of the WWE stalwarts were to him when he was coming up through the business. And one name that just seems to keep popping up in just about every interview under the sun right now is Randy Orton. He, of course, helped Cody Rhodes massively when he was under the legacy banner. Because on top of Randy pretty much doing to those two lads, Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes, what Triple H did to him, Batista saying, everyone's going to turn on you lads, but that's the way it's going to be because you guys are going to get over. He also mentioned how, quite strangely enough, WWE management tried to create a bit of a riff, a bit, a bit of a bit of tension, a bit of competitiveness between him and DiBiase, pretty much taking them to one side and saying, well, who's it going to be? It could probably be both of them, but you could see what they were trying to do. And as Cody put it, it poisoned him a little bit at that point in his career because he thought, well, I've, I've got to be the top guy. I've got to be the... the, the 
the top of the card. I've got to win the world championship. And it just pretty much made him feel really disappointed when he started doing all this. And when looking back on Legacy as a group, Cody felt it should have at least gone another year longer, which will probably please Mr. Benroy Turner. Number eight is retrospective mistake as I see champ. So we didn't exactly name the person specifically, but somebody backstage told Cody Rose that he made a bit of a mistake when it came to bringing back the old school IC title, which we all know and love. He said that instead, he should have maybe made a belt that was a bit more attached to him intrinsically, something that he could brand, something he could sell off as replicas because then he could earn all of that money, money. Cody wasn't a big fan of that though because he was an old school guy. He liked respecting what came before him and he really liked that belt and he wanted to be associated with that belt and bring it back, so that's what he did. In hindsight though, he did admit this was probably a bit of a mistake because like I said, he could have earned an awful lot of money if he had his like dashingness all over the belt instead, but that's just is what it is. And he also said he was, well, he kind of fooled himself into thinking, oh, if I get the IC strap, that's that's the stepping stone to the world championship. It's a coming, but this was, uh, what, early 2010s WWE? Things didn't exactly always work out that way, did they? Number seven, some advice HPK gave him. This was quite a cool part in the interview because Cody pretty much said that the likes of Triple H, Shawn Michaels, all these veterans that he worked with at this point in his career, a lot of the time they just kind of took him to one side and just went, yeah, what, what, what kind of stuff have you got? We need to get your stuff in. And him and DiBiase would look at them and go, we, we don't have stuff, we're, we're very green. And this meant that these absolute legends had to work quite hard to get these two up and coming lads over because they didn't have an awful lot to work with. They were just doing their own stuff and then making the other two look like baddies. Ugh. But a moment that really stuck with Cody was backstage after he'd had one of his matches around this time when he was just up and coming. He started asking a lot of people like, oh, what do you think? I think he asked like 50 people, what do you think of my match? And Shawn Michaels took him to one side and said, dude, if you don't know that you had a good match or not, you've got some serious problems, buddy. And they super kicked him. He might not have done the last bit, but you get my drift. And this also came in quite handy for WrestleMania. 38 because as soon as he'd had his absolute banger with Seth Rollins, he walked to the back and started telling anybody who would listen, that was my best match I ever did. That was probably the best moment I'll ever have. Yeah, I'm the best. Number six, when Cody needed to be Stardust. So obviously Stardust took up an awful lot of the conversation when it comes to what went down on this podcast. And as has been documented an awful lot of times over the years, Cody did not like painting his face and hissing at people and dressing up like a weird latex star. But he did actually note in this podcast that it was probably a good place to be at the time, being behind this face painting the suit, because it helped him deal or at least helped him hide or just put all his energy into something else when his dad died in 2015. He admitted that he was going through a lot personally, said that he didn't really feel like he could have been the head of the family at that point so he just dove into stardust and hid behind the costume and it was just one of those times in his career where he felt like oh i've got a lot of opportunities right now as stardust i'm working with Stephen amell i'm gonna pop up on the arrow series i'll just dive into that and hope that that can help me just grieve in some way shape or form it was really fascinating this point it's really honest so this yeah it hit a lot of heartstrings to be honest imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Number five, his eventual embarrassment. But this being the dreadful Stardust character, any positives that were going to be taken from it at that moment in time weren't going to last because, well, we have a habit of killing souls when it comes to these characters, don't they? In all honesty, it became so embarrassing for Cody in particular that he opted to rock up to sign-ins and all these events outside of the ring in full costume, not as a way of just committing to the character, but more because he just couldn't bring himself to sit there as Cody Rhodes and go, yeah, I'm the I'm the dude that plays Stardust, so he just hid behind Stardust. He didn't have to admit that he was Cody Rhodes, if that makes sense. And as Cody put it when talking about this, he referred to himself pretty much as the sad clown at this moment in time, which is, again, really sad when you look back at it, which is why he said sad clown. I'm going to stop saying sad because it's going to make me sad. And by May of 2016, Cody had simply had enough. He requested his release. And the way he kind of worded it in the podcast, he was like, I requested my release, but I didn't sign my papers. I pretty much just walked out and left. So was he he technically still signed to WWE for like six years? Is this a plot twist? Probably not. Might have just been a, a slip of the word, but it was quite interesting all the same. Number four, he asked WWE not to mention Stardust. The absolute irony of Cody Rhodes begging not to be mentioned as Stardust, and we've already mentioned Stardust quite a lot in this video. For those who were really paying attention to Cody Rhodes' debut at WrestleMania 38, or re-debut, whatever you want to call it, against Seth Rollins, would have noticed there was a moment where he did a big old cartwheel and then did the Stardust thing that he does. I don't know what this is, but he did that, and a lot of people were like, wait, you, you said that you didn't like Stardust, and then you... You just did Stardust. What's going on? And as he put it, he just kind of did, really. He just did what he did. It was an impulse thing. He, he did the cartwheel and he was like, it was his way of maybe bringing people along for the ride who weren't fully aware of where he'd been or who he was beforehand. So he was just kind of going, ah, I was Stardust. Not anymore. And that's pretty much how Corey Grace put it on commentary as well. He said, oh, this is Cody Rose shedding his skin. And Cody appreciated that because if they would have just gone, ah, it's Stardust. And Vince would have gone, ah, it's him again. And put a big star thing on his face. He wouldn't have appreciated that. So I think this was good all round. Number three, indie wrestling healed in. God bless indie wrestling, or at least that's how Cody Rhodes sees it. Now, obviously, post WWE worked for a lot of big companies. He worked for Impact, he worked for Ring of Honor, he worked for New Japan Pro Wrestling, all these massive kind of worlds outside of WWE. But along with that, he worked an awful lot of independent dates, and this was by design. Because he just wanted to get himself back out there. He got an agent in LA who was given to him or at least recommended to him by the big show i believe i think he said that in the podcast and then after that this agent said you've got to you've got to wear suits you've got to look good look go look sharp so you respect these places that you go to and you give off this star quality and it works let's be honest and this was just Cody's active way of trying to reconnect with the fans and the people that reminded him who he was in the first place, if that makes sense. Like, they were a big part in him rediscovering who he was as a wrestler, who he was as a person, and the American Nightmare was slowly born. Number two, how John Cena helped his AEW run. Yep, you heard that right. John Cena was pivotal to the success of Cody Rhodes. He's officially signed to All Elite Wrestling, and he is going to be fighting Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. 
That's not happening. But he did actually help Cody Rhodes. Because Cody, towards the end of his run in AEW, obviously was quite a divisive figure. He was one of them kind of people. Like, he had the Cody's my favourite heel. Little picture meme thing, which will probably get put up at this point. But Cody said that he was able to deal with this and work his character around it because he'd watched an awful lot of John Cena and saw how he did it and thought, yeah, you know what? That's quite good. He'd worked a lot of live events with Cena and seen him just orchestrate the crowd, give him a little bit of a, a sneer or something that's going to rile them up at one point, but then go back to who he is and who he always wants to be in the next. It was just a real masterclass. He said that a few times. He said it about Shawn Michaels, said it about Cena. He was just masterful work and he was just taking notes all the way through it. Number one, he felt that he was overly generous in AEW. So Arn Anderson, all the way through Cody's AEW run, just repeatedly kept telling the lad, the former TNT champion, like he had all the, the reigns as TNT champion, had an awful lot of them, but he kept saying to him that you need to give yourself a few wins or a few things. I like, get a rub for yourself because you're putting over a lot of people and it's going to start veering towards you putting people over to you being the guy who does the J-O-B. And Cody obviously knew what he was talking about, but he was very much focused on being the EVP and being this guy who was the boss of a lot of these wrestlers and the guy who wanted to build stars for tomorrow. So he was, he was caught in a really rough place, to be honest. And upon looking back, he does kind of regret doing things the way he did, but he didn't really reference specific feuds or matches, but he said some people maybe weren't worthy or maybe weren't in the spot where they should have been beating Cody, but he just did it anyway because he just wanted to kind of please everyone, really. And he wasn't just worried about what the fans might think if they saw Cody beating everybody and going for the world championship even though we technically couldn't because of that weird stipulation that they did he was also worried about the heat backstage because he's seen what happened to his dad when his dad was booking a promotion and he was still the most over person on the promotion obviously would put the belt on himself because he was the most popular guy there and Ric Flair was the biggest baddie that was a little tangent that he went on but he'd seen how that had happened to Dusty he didn't want to happen to him and it was just a really really strange surreal difficult place for him to be he also mentioned he also mentioned how maybe he had the job 10 years too early. He said that a few times in interviews. He said that would have been a great job for him when he was 45, not 35. It's all great. It's all 2020 in hindsight, isn't it? But in the end, giving himself a bit more of the rub may have manifested itself in him coming over to WWE. So at this point, it's looking like Cody's very much going to double down on his own brand. He seems very happy. He was very honest in this interview. Yet we didn't go into too, too much detail in the stuff that happened behind the scenes with AEW because this wasn't an AEW program. If you were expecting that, you're a silly person. Well, at least we got a few respectful tips of the heart. We got a lot of nice things about Matt and Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, Tony Khan. To see that on a WWE program in this day and age, that is commendable, that is salutable. I'm going to raise a cold one for Stone Cold and Cody. I'm going to mind drink a beer now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 